So there was a plot to assassinate Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. A man got within a madman with a gun got within a few feet of the home of Brett Kavanaugh, and this guy might have succeeded if he had not turned himself in. This man called the cops on himself. He got the address of Brett Kavanaugh thanks to people like Chuck Schumer because they're giving out the conser- the addresses of the conservative Supreme Court justices saying, go and protest. This is terrifying, their home address. Meanwhile, on that same day, Nancy Pelosi blocked a vote on a bill that would increase funding. There's a bill that already passed the Senate. We will tell you about this. It would increase funding for security for the Supreme Court justices. This would actually help make the Supreme Court justices safer, and Pelosi refused to to vote on the bill. Uh, and, and clearly, these justices are not safe. And I'm talking about even the justices on the left are clearly not safe, in my opinion. All the details are coming up. Joe Biden finally did an interview. Congratulations. Joe Biden has done his first sit-down interview in over 100 days. It's with it was with a comedian. This was with a this was with Jimmy Kimmel. So Biden finally gets up the courage to do an interview and it's with Jimmy Kimmel, a comedian lobbing these softball questions and despite that, Biden still could not get through it without stammering away. I mean, he literally like he kept drifting off and it was just it was just dreadful. I mean, it was just it was unlistenable. It was just cringeworthy trying to listen to Biden get through this. They did it with a comedian. They didn't do it with a reporter, with a journalist, with anybody who would ask tough questions. They didn't even do it with like Chuck Todd or somebody on the left, uh, you know, who's an actual real reporter. He sat down with a comedian. This is embarrassing. And what is he going? What's he going to say? What what could he possibly say? I mean, do you talk about the economy? I'll tell you what he talked about in a moment. What 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 Biden actually tried to tout? What he actually tried, you know, to showcase as his. Legacy. I mean, his the Joe Biden legacy can be summed up in one word: catastrophic. I mean, maybe two words: abysmal failure. But you can't mention the economy. You can't mention the border. You can't mention foreign policy or Iran. I mean, Biden. It's just one embarrassment to the next. You can't. You know, Biden can't even bring up baby formula. See, it used to be like. The one topic that was safe any president could bring up at any time, well, you know what? At least there's plenty of baby formula. I mean, pretty much any, you name the president, Democrat, Republican, even Jimmy Carter, who was a nightmare as a president. He could have at least gotten on television and said, you know what? The babies are well fed. There is plenty of baby formula. But even that, Biden can't possibly tout. So what did he do? He touted his record on climate change and on gun control. Climate change. Biden's talk, sitting there on television, telling the country that, that that he's done a lot on climate change. What has he done on climate change? He's with the Keystone Pipeline. The Keystone Pipeline. I, I mean, the only thing that Biden has really done, he, he shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Okay, and that's been a nightmare because that has made it more difficult. That has caused oil prices to go even higher. But the only thing that Biden really means that he's done on climate change is. Record inflation, because record inflation, as we know, that's really a master plan. That's really basically a a, a plan to put oil companies out of business. As Biden himself admitted, we actually played you the clip of Biden saying that this is a transition. It's a transition off of fossil fuels, the high gas prices. So 
That's what he's going to tout as my record on climate change is people cannot afford to fill up their cars. I mean, gas literally just hit for the first time ever, another record by Joe Biden, first time ever. The national gas average is over $5 a gallon, over $5 a gallon. That's the national average. It has never been that high. Congratulations. Another uh, another record for, you know, for Joe Biden. Joe Biden has, has once again done something that's never been done before, and it's never positive. The other thing is that he touted is is gun control. Now, gun control, he passed a few executive orders. He's done nothing. Biden's done nothing on gun control, as we keep telling you. He's not even attempting to do anything on gun control. And he, he made excuses. Kimmel just basically asked him, well, why can't you issue more, you know, tougher executive orders? Because whatever the Democrat, nothing that Biden has done would have prevented the mass shooting in Uvalde, would have prevented the mass shooting in Buffalo. And I don't even think Congress could do that, by the way. The things that Congress, things that Democrats say they want to pass, you know, the tougher background checks, that would not have prevented the, the shooting in Uvalde. You want to argue uh, assault weapons, what they call assault weapons. I mean, maybe, but these shooters, they can get handguns, and handguns are extremely dangerous. This man was locked in a school for over an hour. The police were afraid to go in, which is a whole separate conversation. So how exactly would, let's say he only had handguns pistols and um, revolvers and, and and no assault rifle. You, you, you mean to tell me, no AR-15, you mean to tell me that he could not have done a tremendous amount of damage? But either way, here's what's really upsetting is that Biden keeps making excuses. He says, well, there's nothing more I can do gun control from an executive level as a president from the executive branch with executive orders. You need Congress. You need Congress for gun control. Well, why is nobody asking him? They're not asking him because he refuses to take questions. But Here's the question. Very simple. Ask this to his uh, press secretary, who's who's also cringeworthy, by the way. But ask her this. Why is it with Build Back Better, Biden was putting so much pressure on Congress. Do you remember when they were trying to pass Build Back Better? Ultimately, Joe Manchin shot it down. He would not support it because it was trillions and trillions of dollars. By the way, if Build Back Better had passed inflation, you think it's bad now, it would have been so much worse. But here's the thing. When it came to the infrastructure bill. Biden was sitting there wheeling and dealing. That was bipartisan. He had to get Republicans on board. He had to twist arms left and right. Biden and the White House, they were pushing Congress so hard to pass those bills. Those were going to be the Biden legacy, the infrastructure bill and build back better. Biden's still trying to get build back better passed. So why was he pushing so hard? And now he's like, well, it's Congress. Blame Congress. Biden, as far as anybody can tell, he's not even attempting to push through gun control, to try to convince Congress, to try to convince Republicans, 10 senator, 10 Republican senators. There are plenty of Republican senators who say, we'll discuss gun control. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, there are Republican senators who are moderates who are saying, we'll pass gun control and, you know, we'll work with the Democrats. So why is Biden saying, hey, you know what, nothing I can do. Don't blame me, blame Congress and just totally washing his hands of it and ignoring it. And nobody's giving him a tough time. Well, that's not how it works. The president has a lot of clout and the president's supposed to make deals. And that's what Biden did um, with the other pieces of legislation, with the budget, with the covid uh, relief, which was, by the way, billions of dollars that had nothing to do with covid relief and with all these other bills. And by the way, you know what the answer is? The only answer. What is the answer? What, what, why is why is Biden not pushing hard on gun control? So, as I always say, it's very possible they don't want to alienate voters. They're worried. There are so many Democrat voters in Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, a lot of these purple states. Uh, where, you know, they want or, you know, maybe even Manchin's home state, West Virginia. I don't know where where, where they they own guns. They're pro guns. They don't want their guns to be taken away. I think that's certainly part of it. But the other part of this is 
that there's no money in it for them. This is what this is my my theory, but I have no other explanation. Biden literally Obama passed Obamacare. Obama did nothing about gun control. And uh, he, he had the Senate. He had a filibuster proof majority in the Senate. 2009, 2010. OK, Biden. Uh, you know, he, he he could try so much harder with gun control. I think the answer has to be because there's no money. There are no kickbacks, right? They passed Ukraine. That was bipartisan to sending $40 billion to Ukraine. Why was that so easy, so easy to pass relatively? But they can't do anything about gun control, which the Democrats claim they care so much about because no, there are no lobbyists. There are no special interest groups. With these other bills, they're spending bills. So that's how they get their donations. That's how they fundraise. The way they fundraise is with all the kickbacks that they get. With all these spending programs, that's why the spending programs, Biden will pressure whoever he needs to pressure to make it happen. You know, you just think about that. You have another explanation. I'll take it. All right, a, a listener made the point, and we're going to get to the details about the Kavanaugh, the attempt to assassinate Kavanaugh in just a moment. But a, a listener called me up and made the point about baby formula. You know, we discussed that the, the FDA has very, very tight restrictions when it comes to baby formula. They treat it like a medicine. They don't treat it you know, the way they treat like Gerber baby food. And uh, a listener pointed out that the lack of nutrients, there actually may be a very good reason, and I appreciate this, and maybe I came on too strong you know, when I criticized the FDA for overregulating. I still think that they could do a better job, as I'll explain. But the point that the caller made is that if a baby doesn't have the proper nutrients, if a baby formula is, is missing certain key ingredients, it could be extremely dangerous possibly even deadly. And apparently, I was not even aware of this, but about 15 or 17 years ago in Israel, um, there was a baby formula that came from Germany, but it, but it was specifically um, targeted. It was specifically marketed toward the Israeli market. And uh, it was actually lacking vitamin B. I believe it's called thiamine. Don't take, you know, anything I'm saying may not be accurate as far as the nutritious part, nutrition part goes. So, don't take any nutrition advice from me, but I believe it was thiamine, and it's, which is vitamin B, which are the same thing, and it was lacking vitamin B, I believe, double-check this, and the formula literally did not have vitamin B. And a baby, apparently babies at, at the young stages, infant age, require vitamin B literally for survival. If a baby doesn't get if, – if a baby has um, a deficiency of vitamin B – then it could be they could they could get very sick and it could even be deadly and it seems that even several babies um, actually perished as a result of this and and many others had to be hospitalized but they were malnourished because they simply did not have vitamin vitamin B now interesting from what I understood the reason that they didn't have vitamin B is because um, and this 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 is a an inexcusable mistake that was made but they used soy it was a soy based formula and soybeans contain vitamin B but the heat that was used to create the formula, killed off the vitamin B. It destroyed the vitamin B. So they didn't realize that it had vitamin B before the product was heated, but they, in order to manufacture it, they needed to heat the soybeans, and that actually killed the vitamin B, got rid of, it burned up the vitamin B or whatever. And uh, as a result, the, the, there was no vitamin B or minimal vitamin B in the formula. Anyway, so the point is you need to make sure all those nutrients are in there so that could actually be a life-and-death matter. That's why the FDA regulates the formula. Great point. I appreciate that the caller made the point. I, I would still think that there's a way that the FDA could get other companies on board, could make it easier, maybe fund other companies. I, I hate government funding, but this is an area where it's becoming a monopoly with just a couple of – um, baby formula companies literally control the entire market, which, of course, has led to this shortage, this disaster. So I still really question you know, whether the FDA needs to 
be quite as restrictive as it's being. That's how government usually operates. But I do understand that, that it's more like a medicine and more of a matter of kind of life and death than a lot of other food products. It's not like a typical food product. All right. We have chilling the chilling details. This man who was caught with a gun literally on the sidewalk near the doorsteps of the home of Brett Kavanaugh. So this man is right there approaching the home of Brett Kavanaugh, and he's a few feet away. He's literally within a few feet of Brett Kavanaugh's front door. Now, as I said, Nancy Pelosi, the next day, this happened on Wednesday, and then today, Thursday, Pelosi blocked a bill that would increase funding for the safety of Supreme Court justices. This is inexplicable. I mean, this is inexcusable. The next day, the day after this man is caught with a gun approaching Brett Kavanaugh to assassinate him, and who knows what you know, who knows what to his family, there's a bill which has already passed the Senate, by the way, which would increase the funding to keep Supreme Court justices safe. And Pelosi says, "Well, no, this doesn't. This isn't going to work out with the Senate. The Senate passed one version. We have a different version. She wants to negotiate. It's going to take who knows how long. Who knows if they'll even." pass this bill or when they'll pass this bill. Meanwhile, you have these Supreme Court justices in their homes. They're sitting ducks. They're sitting ducks. They, they need, And I don't even know if this man, this man called, he called the cops on himself. He turned himself in. People don't realize that. The same thing, remember that subway shooter a few months ago in New York where the man turned himself in. He called 911 on himself and he was just prancing around in public. You know, I do not trust the police for these jobs, I, you know, the police, they're good. You know, they do good work, but like you can't rely on them with this kind of thing. But House Democrats on Wednesday, they stole the bill that would have provided. So I guess this did happen on Wednesday. Additional security for Supreme Court justices. This is the same day. And Kevin McCarthy, Republican leader, he, 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 he said he was livid. He said, listen, we could literally Biden, President Biden could be signing this bill um, today. He could literally we could literally get this over to him this week. And look, if you needed any more proof that the Supreme Court justices are in danger right now, and they're in danger because of the Democrats, because of Chuck Schumer, Jen Psaki, Nancy Pelosi, they're encouraging these leftists. This man was a radical leftist. Now, you're going to say, well, he's, isn't he deranged? Isn't he deranged? I mean, if he's approaching Kavanaugh holding a gun, then he's mentally ill. Well, yeah, he is, but they blame and, – and I don't like that. I never like ascribing blame – to politicians over their rhetoric. You know, when someone's a white supremacist um, and he carries out a shooting, so what do they do? They blame Trump. I mean, the man is mentally ill. Trump never encouraged, obviously, anybody. Trump is not a white supremacist. But when the point is when somebody's on the far right, they always blame Republicans. But then somebody like this is on the far left and they don't be consistent. I don't blame, I don't blame Democrats when somebody who's on the radical left commits a crime or commits a violent crime. Because they're mentally deranged. I don't blame people on the right. I don't blame either side. In this case, I am blaming Schumer and Pelosi, and I'll tell you why. They're giving out the addresses. They have crossed the line. They're giving out the home addresses of the justices saying, go protest. They're encouraging it. They still have not condemned this man. I have not heard Biden. Uh, Biden was on Jimmy Kimmel the, 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 the day that they discovered this assassination plot against Kavanaugh. Biden did not condemn him on Jimmy Kimmel. He's too busy talking about climate change. By the way, Biden was also saying that He's doing a great job. He's just not doing a good job of communicating it, but he is doing a great job, and he could barely get out the sentence where he said that he's not doing a good job communicating. And maybe we should find that clip even for next time. But either way, um, 
getting back to this, I blame the Democrats because Chuck Schumer should be saying we don't go to protest at the homes of Supreme Court justices. They're not even politicians, by the way, but it's inexcusable, even if they were. Just Supreme Court, they're above the political fray, but that's not even the point. You don't send people to protest at the personal home address. You do not put out the home address, publish it on social media. It's egregious. It's simply crossing a line because I'll tell you why. It only takes one crazy person. You give out the home address and and, and on either side. I, I don't want the home address given out of Sotomayor. I don't want Sotomayor. I don't want people to protest at the home of Sotomayor. It's just crossing a line. It puts her life in danger. Simple as that. And this proves it. Um, now, here, here's the story. The, 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 this man, as a caller pointed out, you know, this man told police, we'll read the details in a moment, but he told police that he was upset about Kavanaugh's stance on gun control. He's This man who wanted to, who was holding a gun, says he didn't like the fact that Brett Kavanaugh is pro-gun. He, he didn't like Kavanaugh's position on Roe v. Wade, and he didn't like the fact that Kavanaugh is pro-gun. So the man, as the caller points out, obvious point, which is he takes a gun to shoot Kavanaugh because he doesn't like the fact that Kavanaugh is pro-gun. Well, is this man pro-gun? And if he's not pro-gun, then why does he take a gun to Kavanaugh? And, and, and like something something doesn't make sense. Well, he, he's crazy. He's deranged. He's a lunatic. Okay, that's true. But like only, oh, like only Republicans can have guns? I mean, it's just bizarre. So let me read you the details here. This man literally made it. This Nicholas John Rosk made it to the front sidewalk, literally the walkway in front of Kavanaugh's house, he had a gun, zip ties, duct tape, and other materials. This happened around 1 a.m. Now, something strange here about this story. Two U.S. Marshals saw a man in black clothing with a backpack and suitcase get out of a taxi in front of Kavanaugh's home. So you have two U.S. Marshals, I guess they're there, um, securing Kavanaugh's home, you know, keeping keeping watch. And uh, they actually see this man get out of a cab at 1 a.m. Now, you wonder why they didn't stop him at that moment, but... Here, this person looked at the officers. They're standing next to their parked car. He starts walking down the street. And then a short time later, this man, Nicholas Rosk, called 911 on himself. Why did these marshals not, like, stop him and check him out? I mean, he's getting out of a cab at 1 a.m. He's right near Kavanaugh. You'll say, all right, listen, there might be other people. I imagine Kavanaugh lives on a quiet residential block. Uh, He lives in Maryland. But, uh, like, you would think that at that point they'd be – extra suspicious of this person. But look, it's hard to know because we weren't there. Either way, this man calls 911 on himself. He says that he's having suicidal thoughts. If he ha- There's no Supreme Court justice has ever been assassinated in U.S. history. Um, so, But either way, police then arrive. I don't know if it was the same police, if it was the marshals. It sounds like police actually came as a result of the 911 call, um, not the marshals. But either way, they searched the man's backpack. They found a Glock pistol with two magazines of ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, a screwdriver, a crowbar, a pistol light, duct tape, hiking boots, um, and other items. I mean, wow, this boy, this person came heavily, heavily armed, you know, with all sorts of things. Now, you wonder what he was planning to do and, and certainly what he was planning to do to the family. I mean, duct tape, zip ties, pepper spray certainly sounds like he was ready, you know, to really unload and possibly tie people up or who knows what. Um, Ross told officers he was upset over the leaked draft that showed that the Supreme Court was ready to overturn Roe v. Wade, and he was also upset about the recent school shooting 
in, in Ovaldi, and of course, as we said about Kavanaugh's stance on gun measures, as I said, I don't like to inc- I don't like to blame politicians for the actions of one deranged lunatic on the left or the right, but they're encouraging this. They're encouraging this behavior. You can't you can't tell me that they tell people, listen, we're going to give out the address of Brett Kavanaugh, but only peaceful protesters. No violence, just peaceful protests. Yeah, mostly peaceful, right? Just like BLM. It's mostly peaceful. Well, it could be mostly peaceful and you could still have an assassin. And thankfully, the assassin calls 911 on himself. Calls 911 on himself. Otherwise, who knows what ends up happening if these marshals let this man just keep walking. And imagine if Trump did it. Imagine if Trump gave out the home address of Sotomayor and Kagan. I mean, they would they would definitely impeach him. Um, all right, what else is going on here? Here's my question. Why did Democrats, we mentioned before gas prices, they, they have hit a new record high. Thank you, President Biden. Pop the champagne. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's just, it's a nightmare, the, these gas prices and inflation in general. And here's my question. I know Democrats who they still somehow manage to defend Joe Biden. Like somebody said to me the other day, like anyone who voted for Biden, don't they at least now admit they were wrong? Like, if you have a choice between Biden and Trump, when you look at inflation, crime is surging out of control. That is because of the Democrats. That is definitely, definitely attributable to Biden and Biden's policies. He's encouraging it. If, if, if the president were Trump, you know, there'd be a lot more law and order going on. It, it trickles down. There's no question about that. I, I mean, illegals, the border. I, I, Biden is just a total, I mean, baby formula. Like, he's a disaster. He's done nothing right. And how do Democrats continue to defend him? So I'm sure there are a few Democrats that are intellectually honest, but a lot of Democrats, they say, listen, I'm not going to vote for Biden next time. They don't know who they're going to vote for. I don't think they'll vote for Trump next time. They'll they'll try to vote out Biden in a primary if he runs again. But they say, between Biden and Trump, I just spoke to somebody. Between Biden and Trump, I still wouldn't choose Trump. How do you not, how do you justify that? How do you not choose, he's divisive. He sends out nasty tweets. He got impeached. He's bad for the country. I, I think there's some people who think that Trump still still believe he colluded with Russia. Um, you know, Biden, it, it, somebody says to me, they're like, oh, you see that? Look at Ukraine. Look at the kind of trouble Ukraine is. And remember when Trump threatened Biden, uh, Trump threatened Zelensky? He said, send me dirt on Biden or I'm not going to send you those weapons. How do you feel about that? And I was like, Ukraine, you really focused on Ukraine. Number one, it's Putin uh, against Ukraine. It's Russia against Ukraine. Two enemies, two evil countries. Ukraine is not technically our enemy. Ukraine, they're not good people, okay? The Ukrainians are not like our best friends. These are not like upstanding people. These They're very corrupt. Uh, you know, a lot of them, we know their history with World War II. I'm not saying that every Ukrainian is a Nazi, but I'm not, I'm not like losing sleep over the Ukrainians being attacked by Russia. It like really does not interest me nearly as much as baby formula and gas prices and grocery prices and 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 the and and the southern border with Mexico. So like that's what you're focused on is like Ukraine and Zelensky and the Trump phone call and it shows you where where their mindset is. I'm telling you, there are Democrat voters out there. All that matters to them is we got to get Trump January 6th, the insurrection. Yeah, Biden's terrible. They'll tell you that yeah, Biden. Oh, the country is in shambles right now. But that Trump, I mean. I would never vote for Trump. I could never have Trump be my president. I'll take the situation we have right now over Trump any day of the week. And it just boggles my mind. I'll tell you why. Because if let's say I had a let's say there were a Republican in office, let's say we had a Republican president who I voted for and we had 
record high inflation, disaster at the border, um, baby formula shortage, and, and everything else going on. Uh, I would not sit here and say, well, yeah, but he's still a good president. I voted for him. He's my guy. I would say he's a terrible president. I would admit it, okay? I, I have. I, it's not like a team. Well, he's on your team, so I need to, like, delude myself. I need to live in, like, a fantasy world and pretend that this guy is a great president because I voted for him. It's called confirmation bias. It's like, well, I voted for him, so now I have to confirm, well, he's he's good because I voted for him, so he must be good. No, 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 I don't operate that way. People know. I, I, I used to defend Trump a lot. I used to support Trump a lot. I thought he he did a lot of very successful moves. But like when Trump did something, remember he pushed off, he stole on the embassy for a while, the Israeli embassy move. There were other things that Trump did that I did not agree with. I mean, he borrowed a lot of money. You know, he spent a lot of money. And uh, raised the, raise the debt ceiling. You know, they borrowed trillions under Trump. I did not defend that. I did not think that was a good thing. And I criticized Trump. So I, even even despite the fact that Trump was one of the most successful presidents in American history, I still found things to criticize him with. But if he had been terrible or if a different Republican was president and they were ter- their policies were terrible, I'd admit it. But Democrats, they cannot bring themselves to do that. Now, despite that, by the way, people are miserable. So, like, I don't know how to reconcile those two things. I speak to people and they're like, oh, man, filling up my car tank, it cost me $70. I literally speak to people who tell me, you know, I can't I can't go on vacation. I actually, I was going to drive out of state for the weekend and I'm just staying home. We're parking our car because I can't afford to pay $500 in gas to fill up my car five times. It literally costs people $70, $80, to fill up their car tank with gasoline. And they hate that. And so I would think some people would be like, well, that's Biden's fault. And then some people, it seems like they don't connect it. It's like, oh, wow, gas prices are out of control. Well, you know that that's because of Biden, right? Well, I mean, it's because of Putin. Maybe Biden has nothing to do with it. It's because of Trump. It's because of COVID. They can always blame COVID. There are people who just, they drink that Kool-Aid. But people are pretty miserable. I mean, uh, so that is that is interesting. Meanwhile, CNN, even CNN says that Republicans are in the best position heading into the midterms that they have been in 80 years. One, a, a top Biden advisor um, on the economy. Oh, this is great. Before we get to CNN, we'll get to CNN in a moment. But one of Biden's top economic advisors says, don't judge Biden based on his results. Judge him based on his effort. You cannot make this stuff up. A, a Biden advisor says, listen, you can't judge him. But yeah, the economy, I agree. The results are not great. But judge him on his effort. Like, what is this, kindergarten? You get an E for effort? I mean, all right, let's see. You're the worst president ever, but you really gave it your best shot. Wow, Joe. I mean, you're 79 years old. I mean, you barely know your name. Like, you really, wow, what what effort you put in there. I mean, uh, by the way, I give Biden an F for effort. Let's go with this economic advisor. And this, by the way, this is White House Council of Economic Advisors member Jared Bernstein. And here's what he said. He said, you've got to judge Biden based on his efforts. Don't judge him based on inflation. He says, Biden, tackling inflation is Biden's top domestic priority. He's working on it. He's working hard. So give him an A for effort or E for effort or whatever they give him. He's an F. His He gets an F for effort because any five-year-old could tell you Biden's policies directly led, and everybody knows this, his, his, his spending policies, the, stim, the bogus COVID stimulus package, and everything else, the supply chain, all that stuff, and and he crushed the oil companies. He he refused to give them permits to drill for oil. He closed down Keystone Keystone Pipeline. Biden's policies. I'm I'm almost certain that it was by design that they specifically they wanted 
inflate they wanted inflation they wanted sky high oil prices because they're trying to drive the oil companies out of business so any 5 year old could have told you that Biden's policies were a disaster on inflation he literally he did the worst thing you could possibly do if you were trying to make inflation skyrocket, if you are trying to make oil prices and gas prices, natural gas and, and grocery prices and car prices, if you're trying to make them all sky high, then you do exactly what Biden's playbook was. So, no, I'm sorry. I'll try. I'll, yeah, I'll gladly judge him on his effort. His as, his effort was a disaster. And we'll get to CNN in a moment. But I got to mention this D.A. in San Francisco. Did you hear about this? This is a bombshell. Uh, San Francisco has recalled its D.A. There's been a recall election. And they have recalled the DA, the district attorney in San Francisco. This man was a socialist. I mean, his policies, he's probably the most leftist DA in the country. This is San Francisco, okay? San Francisco is by far, they they are the kings of socialism. San Francisco, they write the book. They are the, the definition, the quintessential socialist city. San Francisco. And and by the way, living in San Francisco, you could tell because homelessness is out of control. Crime is rampant. I mean, you can't walk through the streets. That's how bad it is, like walking through a homeless shelter. There's syringes everywhere. Uh, drugs are rampant. It, 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 living in San Francisco is the worst nightmare. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And so, but 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 despite that, the the, the people who live in San Francisco, they're the liberals, right? The, the, that's 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 Pelosi's hometown. And they have recalled their DA. That's how that's how fed up they are. Now it gets even worse because the DA, not only is he a George Soros socialist, he's the son of terrorists. This San Francisco DA who's been recalled, his parents were part of an extremely famous terror attack. This was a a, a heist in 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 Nyack, New York in the nineteen eighties, uh, the Brinks Armored Car Heist. It's the famous Brinks Armored Car Heist of 1981 uh, in Nyack, New York, in Rockland County, not far from Muncie, and they killed multiple people. They, they you know, they killed, like, one of the guards, and then just a bunch of people were shot as part of this attack, and this was carried out by terrorists. This wasn't just, like, a bank heist. This was the Black Liberation Army. It was the Weather Underground. I mean, these were very, very radical leftists, obviously radicals. They were terrorists, but these were left-wing terrorists, and his parents, his parents were integral parts of the heist. They were like driving the getaway car. This is the DA in San Francisco. His parents are terrorists. They're terrorists who went to jail, who murdered people. And and and, and even liberals in San Francisco don't want to live in these disgusting crime-ridden cities where it's just like one big homeless shelter. All right, back to CNN, and then we've got to close it out here. CNN says that the Democrats in the midterms are poised for a bloodbath. Now, it's no surprise, but number one, even CNN is admitting it. And number two, they're saying it is going to be so much worse than anybody ever imagined. Um, this is CNN senior data reporter Harry Enton, and he was on with CNN's Jake Tapper. And he said that from a historical perspective, Republicans are in a very good position to win the House majority in November. No shock there. But he says this is the best position for Republicans at this point in any midterm cycle in the past 80 years, so CNN's, their, their senior data analyst, says that the Republicans are in their best midterm position in 80 years. Over the past 80 years, remember, they won pretty big in 2010 when Obama was president, other times Clinton, 94. So the Republicans have won big many times. Democrats have two, you know, two years into any you know midterm cycle into any presidential term. But CNN is saying this is literally the best position Republicans have been in. In any midterm cycle 
in 80 years, and they could end up with a 50-seat majority in the next Congress. And by the way, if they do, they need to impeach Biden. If the Republicans take back Congress, and it looks like they will take back the House, you got to impeach Biden. What are you going to impeach him for? Well, what are you not going to impeach him for? Number one, there's Afghanistan. Number two, there's the Hunter laptop and, 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 and so much corruption there with with Hunter Biden and that involved Joe Biden. And uh, and can you just impeach him just for being so incompetent, just for being so bad? I mean, they impeach Trump over literally bogus fabricated charges. Just make something up. Just impeach Biden just because the country's in such bad shape. But anyway, here's what this man said, the CNN data guy, quote, my estimate for the 2023 House makeup. He says Republicans at this point, because things could change, but at this point, Republicans will have over 236 seats, up to 241 seats. Democrats will have between 194 and 199 seats. He's saying the Republicans could hold up to 241 seats in the House. I mean, that would be staggering. And he said that a lot of the Democrats' problems are linked to President Biden, who is severely underwater. No shock there. Biden's approval on the economy is negative 26 percent, which is the lowest level since Jimmy Carter in the late 1970s. All right. We got a lot to get to on Iran. A lot of mystery deaths happening among top Iranian nuclear officials and Iranian terrorists. But we'll have to leave that for next time. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.